Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View. I hope you're having a great day. This is the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making Coast of Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play. And we celebrate the companies as well. You know, if if you're a regular listener to the show, you know that I... I spend a lot of time with uh, CEOs, uh, community development people, uh, you know, public affairs folks for some of the major corporations along the coast. And inevitably, our conversation moves away from the service that they provide to the community, which obviously that's incredibly important, not just in terms of the service, but also the number of employees that they employ and all of that. It always tends to shift, though, to the community. And I always say this about uh, this incredible place that we are, and uh, you know, I won't give my speech about resiliency again. But the, one of the reasons we are so resilient is that we have companies, especially the major companies. But it's obviously this is not just about major companies. But we have companies that understand that there is a direct link between business success and how they connect to the community. And the more connected they are to the community, the more successful their business is because they're in tune with what the community's needs are. And you can't be in tune with what the community's needs are and not respond. And we are so good at responding. I've, uh, I've often told the story of Coast Electric. Uh, I've been, you know, I've worked with leaders from Coast Electric a power association for many years over so many different roles, and I've been privileged to have them on this show many times. And I, I'm going to circle back today and have a conversation about a very specific project that that uh, Coast Electric is involved in. But but before we get to that, we'll kind of we'll kind of uh, orient you a little bit on on this incredible commitment that Coast Electric uh, Power Associ- Association has to its members and its community. And uh, I'd like to welcome. Welcome now, my friend Janelle Nolan, who's the Director of Community Development and uh, someone that I'm looking forward to getting a, sort of the latest on. How you doing, Janelle? I'm doing great, Ricky. How about yourself? I'm doing fantastic. You saw how, or you heard how I start, started the, the, uh, the, the, the show today. Mm-hmm. It's true. I mean, I mean, the more connected, let's just speak specifically about Coast Electric, but you work in the community. You see others out there from other companies also connecting in very significant ways. You're a stronger business when you're connected to the community, aren't you? Oh, without a doubt. Uh, we love seeing our employees out in the community and engaging um, with our members and the communities that we serve. And it, like you're saying, it helps us to be more deeply rooted with our with our business, with our service, and to our members. Well, okay, so when people hear Coast Electric Power Association, they do think of a, of an electric power company, but it's a unique it's a unique not-for-profit organization. For people who have not heard us talk before about that, explain sort of the, the charter of uh, Coast Electric Power Association. So back in the 1900s, when electricity was being provided to more of your heavily populated areas, um, the rural areas were not being considered for electricity. So um, the Rural Electrification Act was um, passed by FDR. So in 1935, you had a lot of electric cooperatives that were being formed by rural residents, farmers who needed power. And so now we have the cooperative where they are owners, member owners of their own electric utility. 
It's uh, it's a powerful stat when you say that you guys serve ninety five percent of the land mass uh, in Hancock, Harrison, and Pearl River County. That's a, that's that's a significant statement. <laughs> the other stat that got my attention is the notion of on average twelve meters per mile. That gives you a sense of the ruralness of the area that you that you serve. Uh, about eighty seven thousand meters. Um, but thank God we have the power associations. And by the way, since we have the new legislation mm-hmm. that allows the power associations, the nonprofit power associations that serve rural communities to be in the broadband business, mm-hmm. it really opened up an opportunity for you to serve in even broader, more significant ways, doesn't it? Oh, my goodness. It's, it's kind of like coming full circle. You, you think back to the early days when, you know, the, the truck drove up and they put the power to the meter and they turn that light bulb on in the, in the kitchen. Well, you know, not only are electric cooperatives powering rural communities, now we're connecting them with the broadband. So it's it's really um, a fantastic and historical event for us. And we're happy to be a part of that and to offer that. It is. I've often said that broadband access could be one of the bigger game changes for Mississippi from an economic development point of view. From an unlocking, you know, mind potential point of view. I mean, people, it's interesting. I have a place, and I think I may have mentioned this before, but I have a place up in the Mississippi Delta. And uh, after this bill was um, was enacted, a Delta Power serves uh, where our lodge is located. And uh, I've never seen so many um, fiber optic, you know, people out on the street laying fiber optic mm-hmm. in places you would, we had a, I mean, we have a road, it's a county road that goes down to a lake of ours. There'll probably never be a house down there. And they, they, they ran wire all the way to the lake. You know mm-hmm. I mean? I guess, I guess the way you guys are doing it is you're, you're sort of positioning yourselves at the same time for future growth, but you want, you want there to be, the fiber optics everywhere where there might be people, and it doesn't matter how rural it is. I mean, that's the goal, isn't it? Correct. That is. Um, the feedback that we're getting from our communities, we started off with the broadband in Pearl River County. It was the most underserved area um, in our service territory. And hearing some of the positive feedback of, you know, people who were business owners who couldn't do work from home can now work from home and um, children for their, their schooling, their educational needs um, have access to this now. So it is definitely a game changer. Um, and as we see the population grow here on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, we hope that it helps us to bring more businesses and um, keep that keep that brain drain from happening. For sure, one of, our, one of our biggest challenges. I should also point out before we get away from your company, that I'm a member. I'm a, I'm one of the members that um, gets to enjoy your benefits. And I live on the North Shore of Biloxi Back Bay in the Biloxi city limits. So, uh, you know, while you do serve a lot of rural areas, you actually do get into some populated areas as well, don't you? Yes, we do. We we serve. A, um, it's funny how our service jurisdiction was designated by the Public Service Commission back in the early 30s. Um, some some streets, there will be an apartment complex and we'll have one building and the rest will be served by Mississippi Power. We have that throughout several neighborhoods, but we do serve within the municipalities in Hancock, Harrison and Provo counties. That is awesome. Okay, so there's a lot to talk about as it relates to Operation Roundup. What an what an incredible idea that was that's been around for a while. It's got a got an interesting history. So, why don't you start with where does the impetus for Operation Roundup come from? What is it specifically? And then we'll get into some of the nuts and bolts. 
Okay. Well, Operation Roundup is, is basically as it sounds. It is um, op rounding up your electric bill to the nearest dollar. This program, Operation Roundup, was started by a cooperative, one of our sister co-ops in South Carolina, um, Palmetto Electric Cooperative. Um, I believe it was back in, the, in 1985, 86 that they started this program. And since then, hundreds of co-ops across the country are participating in Roundup, allowing their members to round up their monthly electric bills to the nearest dollar. And those monies collected, their contributions are being put back out into the communities to make a difference to improve the quality of lives in the areas that we serve. So mechanically, if I'm a customer, mechanically, how you know what's the goal in terms of roundup get i mean literally specific specifically discuss the math and and how does it play out on my bill okay well as a member ricky when you get your monthly bill if your bill let's say is 145 dollars and 35 cents um you opt in to round up your monthly electric bill to the nearest dollar and that difference will go into our um community trust on average a member would um contribute about 50 cents a month and no more than $12.88 a year on one one of their accounts. Yeah, well, that's that's interesting. Uh, so it's not a lot of money for a single member, but it sure does add up, doesn't it? It's amazing how that small change does add up, and I'm, I'm looking forward to telling you the difference that that small change makes. Uh, absolutely. Okay, so the the allocations are, are split mostly into three buckets. What, well, what yeah. are those three? Yeah. So when our members round up their electric bill, 65% um, of their contributions um, go into our community trust. Um, the trust is where we offer the Operation Roundup grants. 25% um, of the contributions go into our Share Your Blessings program, which is an energy assistance program for our members. And then 10% goes into an endowment um, for future funding opportunities. Now, with the community trust bit that we have, we partnered with the Gulf Coast Community Foundation, and you know they have a long history here on the Gulf Coast helping with nonprofits and getting money out into our community as well. We are depending on their expertise and their their knowledge to help us do our due diligence with our grants and to manage the funds for us. Um, and then we also partner with the United Way of South Mississippi and Catholic Charities of South Mississippi to manage and oversee the energy assistance program so that not only are our members receiving energy assistance, they're also getting other um, opportunities to help them get back on their feet and um, independent, financially independent. So when we come back, um, I have a long history of working closely with the Gulf Coast Community Foundation. I want to make a comment about why doing it that approach was a really a, an excellent way <clears throat> to take some of the heat off you and also almost guarantee that the funds are going to be used in a way that uh, will be incredibly accountable and transparent and serve the community. When we get back, we'll continue our conversation with Janelle Nolan from Coast Electric. We'll see you after this break. Live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Supertalk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I have my friend Janelle Nolan with me today. She is a uh, community 
let me say, she's got a nice title, but what she does is she focuses on making sure there's a great connection between Coast Electric and the community. And uh, she's done a terrific job in that, in that role. But her, her, her title is Director of Community Development. And she administers the, the fund that we're talking about today. And when you say administers it, um, I love the fact that you guys have created, you're sort of a liaison more, more specifically, the, to work with the Gulf Coast Community Foundation for for that sixty five percent that is um, that's going to be going to be given out in the form of grants, and I just want to say a quick uh, word about the Gulf Coast Community Foundation. For so probably don't talk about it enough on this show. It's easy to take an organization like that for granted, but I remember the early days of developing the Gulf Coast Community Foundation and why it was important. And then of course after Hurricane Katrina, it was incredibly important that national foundations have a local foundation that they could work with. So not only did they have, obviously, nonprofit status, but they had the ability to work with other organizations and do, in some cases, what is called donor-advised funds. These are funds that a donor would put their money in. Mm -hmm. This would keep a donor from having, let's say I've inherited some money or I want to give 10000 or 100000 or whatever. Well, the average person doesn't want to go form a 5013C. So what they can do is they can donate the money in an advisory form. In other words, they can say that this money is going to be used, say, in this area. That might be what the donor wants. And then they can turn it over to the community foundation, and then they can, within the guise of their nonprofit status, begin to, to put incredible accountability around that money and make sure that it's used for the purpose that the donor has set out. After Katrina, there were millions of dollars that passed through the community foundation for the purpose of serving the community in so many different ways. It could have been housing. It could have been feeding people in the early days. There are so many ways that, that the community foundation played out. But the important thing about it as it relates to Operation Roundup and Coast Electric is the fact that they're using this well-honed capability, this incredibly respective and transparent capability to make sure that the money and the grants that are going out on behalf of Coast Electric are going to the most um, the, the the most, I, I don't want to use the word needy, but it's true. The, the ones that had the most need. And at the end of the day, what you have is uh, as a very well honed capability to sort through where those needs are and make sure the money's going where it needs to go. So the, the Gulf Coast Community Foundation over a number of years has built an enormous capacity around that. And, it, you know, in a way, it would have been kind of foolish for Coast Electric to try to do this on their own, right? I mean, you, there's no way you could ever know or even have the mechanism that Gulf Coast Community Foundation has to do it, to do it the way they do it. Exactly. This would ha this would probably require us to have a, a full time position to manage this program, and by partnering with the the foundation and with their knowledge and their expertise, um, that that really does help us. Um, as since they manage the funds for us and the applications, and providing some feedback on some of these organizations, um, so that we can make that decision as to which which grants we can award, which would have the greater impact in our communities. Um, they've been wonderful to partner with, and they've been very helpful with our community trust. We have our Coast Electric Community Trust, which is a committee of nine members appointed by our, our board of directors. Um, and they serve as Coast Electric's advisory committee and our community trust committee. And they meet quarterly. and because of the due diligence that the foundation provides to us, it makes their job easier in going through all of the applications that we receive, that we receive and, and making the best decisions that we can on our members' behalf, that their contributions are, are making the greatest impact. 
So there are there are a lot of areas that you guys are focused on, and uh, just like a donor advised fund would be would be focused. Um, why don't you run through what some of those major areas are? Well, first of all, with the um, Operation Roundup program and grants, we are not able to fund individuals or political organizations or causes. Um, but we do focus mainly on community service to help improve the quality of lives for the members throughout these communities. Um, these organizations such as CASA of Hancock, Harrison Counties, Mana Ministries, Back Bay Mission, um, Elijah's Closet. Um, it's just amazing how we can learn about what organizations are out there and the services they provide. Um, besides community service, we also look to um, help with economic development. Um, anything that we can do to help um, bring greater diversity into our areas, do training, leadership facilities, facilitation. Um, I know Goodwill Industries was one of our first grant recipients for their workforce development program. Um, we support a lot of Main Street programs um, and the new Gulf Blue initiative that's come on, come here on the coast. We've been able to um, provide some funding through USM as well for that. Um, we also focus on education and youth. Without education and youth, where will we, where will we be going? So. Um, I know that we have funded a lot of organizations and schools here on the coast. Everything is to benefit members in our tri-county service area, Hancock, Harrison, and Pearl River counties. Um, another one of our first grant recipients was the Mississippi Aquarium. Um, they've actually received two grants that um, one is has funded a portable touch tank that they can go to all the local schools and take part of the aquarium and learning experience to them. Um, I think they received another grant for um, a virtual sandbox that is going to be coming um, online soon as well. Um, and so then we also um, fund environmental projects and organizations. Um, you look at Ruth's Roots in Bay St. Louis, the community garden, you have the land trust of the Mississippi Coastal Plains. Um, we, so we cover those those four key areas being community service, economic development, education and youth and environmental programs through the funding of our, our Operation Roundup grants. So let's let's do this. Uh, there's a lot more details we could share, but in a short time we have left, I want to make sure that we're letting people know what the, the process is for applying for grants and what the deadline is. So why don't you kind of give us the headlines on that? Well, since we are at the mercy of our advisory committee and, the, and our community trust committee schedule, they meet on a quarterly basis. So um, we are accepting applications twice a year and awarding applications as well biannually. So the application periods, it's one full month. It's the months of February and the month of August, which we are in right now. Um, and the applications were received in February, um, the grant, the Charitable organizations awarded grants will receive their funding in May. And the applications that we're accepting in August this month, um, those organizations who are selected will receive their funding in November. Okay, excellent, excellent. And how do they get more information? Well, you can go to our website. It's www.coastepa.com. Click on My Community, and you'll have um, Operation Roundup, a full page explaining what the program is, how the program can help nonprofit organizations, and the application process. Um, you click, the application is available only um, online, so you have to click the link there, and then you'll be taken to the Gulf Coast Community Foundation's website where you will create an account and start your application to be submitted. Yeah, that's Coast EPA, all one, all one word, coastepa.com. Yes. 
Um, uh, it's interesting to see how much money have you guys uh, distributed in the Tri-County area since you started the program. Ricky, that's so exciting. Since we um, have been offering the Operation Roundup program and grants, it's been about four years now, um, we've funded over 125 grants totaling uh, $875,000 that's been put back into our communities in the form of grants. And then you include the operation, um, the Share Your Blessings funds for energy assistance. That's over $352,000. So, you know, the big number, members of Coastal Electric have put back over $1.2 million into Hancock, Harrison, and Pearl River counties in the last four years. And that makes the members of Coastal Electric Power Association one of the largest uh, philanthropic organizations. It does, yes. And I hope that our members can understand that their small change is making such a huge, huge difference. I mean, it's a brilliant concept. I wish more companies would think about it. I mean, it's just, you know, it's a simple change in the in the bill that get, puts the power on the member to decide whether they want to do the roundup or not. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, building a process around that and and. Again, you know, your your employees are, are engaged in the community in so many different ways. Some are leading organizations. Some are just volunteering. Mm-hmm. Um, some are involved in this effort. But when you add it all up, it does create an opportunity for, for Coastal Electric to know at any given moment what the needs in Coastal Mississippi are, what organizations are providing incredibly important services. Uh, so then when the going gets tough... Mm-hmm. Uh, like when a hurricane hits or something like that, you already had this plethora of of relationships into the community that you can then put your ear close to them and say, okay, help us understand what the situation is at this moment Mm -hmm. as it relates to the community. And uh, as a result, you're able to respond faster and help where the most help is, is needed. And uh, it's got, it's got to be great to work for a company that has that as a major part of its you know, it's a uh, philosophy. So oh, it's, it is, we are very fortunate to work here with Coast Electric um, because their commitment to community is, it just goes beyond electric service. Um, and like you were saying, um, it's just something that we give back. It's one of our cooperative principles, our concern for community and allows us to, you know, through this program over the past four years, I we did not know half of these nonprofit organizations that existed and the services they provided to the, the people, to the residents here. So it's been a win-win situation in the, in the fact that we can not only share our story, Coast Electric story with these charitable organizations, but we can also take their stories and share that with our members and our communities to help increase um, the services that they can provide. And, and, and the- it's a great story, Janelle Nolan, Director of Community Development for Coastal Electric Power Association. Thanks for the thanks for the uh, update, uh, and uh, good luck with this next round. I appreciate you, my friend. Thank you, Ricky. Thanks for having me. We'll see you right after this break. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.